Thanks for joining Sapelo Nerds, a coastal science podcast. I'm your host, Corinne. And I'm your host, Brittany. And we work at the National Estuarine Research Reserve, or NEAR, on Sapelo Island, a Georgia barrier island. So I got this email the other day from a listener. Ooh, more hate mail? No, an actual question. Phil from Nehana asked, how does one get into coastal science? That seems like a pretty cool job. Huh, well, Phil, that's a simple question, but it has a pretty complex answer. There's a lot of different pathways to get to coastal science, and after all, there's a lot of different jobs in coastal science and involved with coastal science. Luckily, we were able to send Brittany on location to scout some fellow nerds to help us answer this. Every year, the National Estuarine Research Reserves, or NEARS, and the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's Office for Coastal Management, or OCM, have an annual meeting. People from all across the U.S. who work at the reserves come together to discuss current progress and future goals. Yeah, I visited the Jacques Cousteau National Estuarine Research Reserve in Galloway, New Jersey, with a few other signer staff. And I was amazed to hear how unique everyone's answers were to Phil's question, but still they all felt so similar. Some people just felt called to be here. Hi, my name is Marissa. I am at the Recruit Bay National Estuarine Research Reserve in Naples, Florida. I actually started working in the marine environment field because um, of two really different but beautiful reasons. The first one was I actually learned what the Latin translation of my name Marissa means, which is of the sea. And my middle name is Brooke without the E, so representing a stream. So where we have the seas and the streams meet one another does happen to depict an estuary. So I'm actually fulfilling my purpose at working at an estuary. Um, but it also kind of uh, was, it was enlightening to go on a field trip when I was in high school to this beautiful island where you got to see shorebirds and these beautiful coastal system uh, interactions, which I later found out to be Keewaden Island in the Recruit Bay National Estuarine Research Reserve. Field trip and other educational experiences seem to be a theme. Hi, I'm Aitza Pavon, the manager of Hollis Bay National History Research Reserve in Puerto Rico. And my first time being the reserve was when I was in ninth grade. That uh, experience helped me and made me realize what I really want to do as a marine scientist. So today I'm a director there. And actually the lady who talked about the reserve, I've talked about the projects that there were and all the world on the water is Nilda Peña, who actually is still working for us. She's been there for 32 years, and she still has her passion on teaching kids about uh, what the reserve is and all the habitats in the Puerto Rico coastal shores. Even later educational experiences, like in college, help to guide a lot of people towards coastal science. Hi, I'm Molly Yakino. I'm the research coordinator with the Delaware Near, um, and we have two locations, one in Townsend, Delaware at the Blackbird Creek Reserve, and one in Dover, Delaware at the St. Jones Reserve. And one of my favorite memories is my very first ever field day as a freshman in college was in the Wakoit Bay National Australian Research Reserve, and that was my first introduction to applied sciences. And of course, it didn't have to be a formal educational experience. I'm a big fan of informal education, since that's, you know, my job, but some people connected to coastal science at summer camp. 
This is Caitlin Durr from the Ace Basin Near, which is in Charleston, South Carolina. A story of a time that I was out on the estuary that really, I think, sparked my interest in being involved in coastal science and conservation is I went to a summer camp at the University of North Carolina at Wilmington when I was in middle school because I had an inkling that I might want to be involved in marine science, but sort of wanted to test it out. So I went to a camp there and they took us out on a boat. And for the very first time, I was able to do um, a plankton tow and, and some trawling and pull these things up in the net with my own hands. And that was, first of all, so exciting to me because people are always like, oh, you big, strong boys, come and pull this up. But I was like, I get to be a big, strong boy, but I'm not. I'm a big, strong girl. Um, <laughs> so that was super fun and empowering for me. But then just to see all the really cool critters in the net. I just, I've always been a really curious person. I think that's what drives my, my interest in science and the outdoors. And so that really just set my soul on fire. Like my, started my passion for learning more about those creatures and being involved in this field. It was just the coolest thing ever. And that's why I'm where I am today. Hi, my name is Jen Rollin and I'm with the Chesapeake Bay National Estuary Research Reserve in Maryland. I started really early. I had a very transformational opportunity in middle school. So I'm I'm a native Mar- Marylander, born and raised in Annapolis, Maryland, but I come from a family of indoor cats. So no experience growing up getting on the water, camping, anything like that. We're museum people. But in middle school, I went on a week-long summer camp with the Chesapeake Bay Foundation and learned all about the eutrophication cycle and like I was hooked. And since sixth grade on, I knew I wanted to do something with the Chesapeake Bay and to improve the water quality. And that's kind of how I got into it. So I have a soft spot in my heart for environmental education. Hi, I'm Julie Bins. I work at the Ace Basin Reserve, which is in South Carolina. And I'm Jess Kinsella. I'm the stewardship coordinator of the Ace Basin Reserve in South Carolina. I think what got me, I think, got me into coastal science is two things. Um, one, a super awesome fifth grade science teacher, Mrs. Leonard. Who made shout out to Mrs. Leonard. Shout out wherever you are, Mrs. Leonard. I don't know where you are. She was made it fun. We did so many experiments. She made learning easy and really brought science to life for me. So fifth grade, I, I was really into it. Plus a whole entire lifetime of spending summers at the Jersey Shore the beach in the ocean so not too far where we are now we are right now feels really nostalgic um beaches salt marshes crabs just the whole thing in the summer yeah mine is very similar um i my great-grandparents used to get a beach house in um one of the beach towns in new jersey and so every summer family would pack out go there spend like a week out there um I don't know when I, like, I know in my fifth grade yearbook it said I wanted to be a marine biologist, but I don't really know how I even knew that that was an option. I would say I didn't really think about, like, coastal issues until uh, my biology, my freshman high school biology teacher, who ended up being my AP environmental science teacher in my senior year of high school, Mr. Hobbeck. Shout out to Mr. Hallback. Shout out. Um, teachers. teachers. 
years. Yeah, where he, I mean, he was like the first person who even like, in my world, even like mentioned climate change. And yeah, so probably the combo. I also, in high school, took an awesome marine science class. We went down to the Keys and snorkeled in the coral reefs and the seagrass beds. And I was pretty much hooked, even though I ended up not doing tropical marine bio or research in general, because then I realized after undergrad that I needed way more people around me than is generally involved in research. And that's how <laughs> I lab work in environmental <laughs> education, because I love being in the field, but I love being in the field with other people. Yeah, that's I, what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like a big piece of ending up in this career is mentors. Like it's like that is the piece of it. I, I you know earlier today when we were talking about how did you end up in this role, I was like like how I ended up with the reserve is kind of on accident. Was a needed one college credit to graduate, <laughs> and that was like a hands on experience, and it was supposed to be my benthic ecology class, and then. That kind of – it never went – the paperwork never went through or whatever. So it was a professor of mine that needed a directed independent study. So I just, like, tagged on to that. She was the mentor that got me my job down at, like, the Dauphin Island Sea Lab, who then connected me to the surf community, um, the Coastal Estuary Research Federation, like, that whole community. And then when I went back for grad school, she was my advisor, and we worked in one of the reserves. No such thing as accidents, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> nope, nope. So, yeah, for sure. Getting to know the people that do this kind of work and there's only so many them. of us crazy people right. following them around, hanging out with them for the day. You're going to I want to count shrimp with you today, all day, <laughs> and then using that and going and sitting there and really thinking about what you enjoy doing because you spend so much of your time at work. So tweaking it over time and focusing on certain there's so many different aspects of coastal science and management and protecting and educating and all the things that we do. So there's some for all kinds of people. You know, Julie had some great points about mentors. Some of our signer staff were also heavily influenced by childhood mentors. Hi, my name is Colby Peffer, and I'm the stewardship coordinator at the Sapelo Island Near. Hi, I'm Doug Sampson. I'm the reserve manager at Sapelo Island. So when I was a kid, my parents decided that they wanted to be scuba divers all of a sudden when I turned 10. And so they went and got scuba dive certified and they fell in love with it so much that they decided that it was a great thing for um, me to do when I turned 11. <laughs> Um, and so um, most 11-year-old kids would probably have been traumatized by getting scuba certified in Southern California where the water is like 50 degrees year-round and you get tumbled by waves all the time. But I ended up loving it and they ended up taking me to Tahiti when I was 12 and the first time that I got to dive with a sea turtle was the moment that I knew that I had to do something related to the ocean. Um, and of course, like any old kid, I wanted to be a marine biologist. And I totally settled on that for a few years of my life. And then I got to high school and got into a biology class. And the first time they asked me to dissect something, I decided that marine biology was not for me at all. Um, and so I pivoted to the more physical aspects of coastal science and um, kept pivoting until I find, found something that 
worked, which was GIS and um, geological oceanography and coastal management. And that's kind of how I ended up here. Trying to be serious for a moment. <laughs> I watched a lot of TV when I was a kid. And back then, there was Flipper and, and the family that got to swim with Flipper and do all their adventures. And Jacques Cousteau. Which is who were here at the Jacques Cousteau National Estuarine Research Reserve. Which is a little bit ironic, but uh, he was one of the heroes of the age. I either wanted to be an astronaut or do what Jacques Cousteau was doing in the oceans. Childhood memories and experiences really inspired a lot of our fellow nerds. I'm Robert Dunn. I'm the research coordinator at the North Inlet Winya Bay National Estuarine Research Reserve in Georgetown, South Carolina. And I got into coastal science because I loved going to the beach growing up and messing around in the creek and the sound. Um, And I love the adventure and the hands-on work that we get to do as marine scientists. Hi, my name is Amanda Giacchetti. I work for the Great Bay Reserve in New Hampshire. I grew up on the ocean. I grew up near the ocean. My family was always in the water. My love for that grew into this beautiful work that I do now. Hi, I'm Mary. I'm with NOAA Office for Coastal Management in Charleston, South Carolina. Chris Kincaid, NOAA OCM in Woods Hole, Massachusetts. Hi, Erica Seiden, Office for Coastal Management in Washington, D.C. And I found marine science in a summer session at Duke Marine Lab and took an ecology and an oceanography class and got hooked. I was tromping through a marsh with my family my, as, a, as a kiddo, right, so seven, and got my boots completely sucked off by the, bad, <laughs> the, the bog monster, pulled off my feet, lost both of them, and it was the best thing ever. It smelled like <laughs> eggs, and I had no shoes, and I had to walk back um, all the way to the car, and then got in with muddy feet. It's the best thing. It hooked me on marine Greatest smell. You can always remember that smell. Right. Yeah. That's a better story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, childhood memories are the best, and mine are of being at the shore and being amongst the reeds, being uh, at the beach, being in the whole river to estuary to sea. And uh, my dad was also a physical oceanographer and always talked about his scientific work and took me to his wave labs. And I was like, okay, I like this, but I'm not going to be a physicist, but I can be a biologist. Biology is a cool thing to be. It's not just, it's not just you know, it's the lesser the no. lesser physical it was just oceanographer. It's more interesting to me. The, the physics is easy. The biology the is much more difficult. The environment and the people interacted versus the physical science part. I'm very much an icky, squishy person, too. Yeah. I like the icky, squishy things instead of the theoretical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We always did vacations at the beach, too, but it was more like sitting on the sand and watching yeah. the waves come in, and that's always been kind of a peaceful Sights for me, the sounds, the smells. I right. think that's and a common thread. Peering in tide pools and seeing what was there yeah. and pulling out everything you could. Right. So, Danny Boudreaux, uh, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, and I work with the NERS at the national level and in the Northeast out of Boston. Uh, Jake Thickman, I'm also with NOAA OCM, based out of the West Coast Office in Oakland, California. Casey Chang with the Heia National Oceanic Research Reserve, located in Heia, Hawaii. So, a memory. Of an estuary for me was growing up in Florida near the Indian River Lagoon. I have these very early memories of my dad sticking me in the little front compartment of a kayak and taking me around through like little mangrove stuff and like seeing ospreys in the distance. Very occasionally dolphins would come up, swim around the boat. And it's only really since I moved away from Florida that I like look back on that 
childhood experience is like a very unique thing that probably drew me to this field. Hard to top dolphins, that's for sure. <laughs> um, so kind of like, I guess a little bit further out than our estuary in Kanyohe Bay, which is kind of the bay that borders our nerve. I used to go fishing with my grandpa and he liked to spearfish and dive. So he used to take me with him and I would be on this float with his dive flag on it. And he would kind of um, come to the surface and show me where he was going to point his spear at. And then I would put my goggles in the water and he would dive down and he would poke like a taco or an octopus and I could see the ink come out of it and and it was just a really special time because I think out of everyone in my family I really share this enjoyment for the ocean with my grandpa so I still feel um, even though he's passed away I still feel very connected with him through my experience in the estuary and the ocean. Okay so one of my favorite memories in the estuary actually happened on the coast of North Carolina and um, it was in graduate school and Coastal communities can be pretty loud places. They're pretty populated. And we were taken out really far into this estuary. And I remember our professor saying, everybody be quiet and listen. And so we were all quiet and we listened very carefully. And he said, that is the sound of silence. Most of you probably have never heard it before. And so um, ever since then, I have absolutely loved estuaries. And even though I grew up in the mountains, this just the habitat just drew me in. And sometimes it seemed like childhood experiences helped people take another look at the habitats around them. Okay, this is Emily Kuzmik. I'm with the Oldman Creek National Estuarine Research Reserve located in northern Ohio on the coast of Lake Erie. So we are part of the Great Lakes ecosystem. And why I got into coastal science, I mean, I've been interested in anything outdoors and nature since I was a little girl. Um, and despite growing up in the desert southwest, I had the opportunity to travel to Costa Rica when I was in college. So that first really sparked my interest in coastal ecosystems. However, I spent the majority of my life in Ohio. And I quite forgot that we had our very own coastal ecosystem up in the Great Lakes, so I was very interested in contributing to freshwater coastal science. Emily's comment really resonates with us here in Georgia, a state with mountains, plains, and the coast. People don't often realize how connected all these ecosystems are. Hi, my name is Jeffrey Carter. I have been at the Rookery Bay National Estuarine Research Reserve for 15 years. For most of those 15 years, I was the stewardship coordinator, and now I am the new manager of the reserve. I would have to say that the reason I got into the work that I do originally is because I'm from South Georgia. I am a redneck from South Georgia. and uh, Go Georgia! <laughs> go dogs. And... Um, I grew up hunting and fishing and canoeing out in the Okefenokee Swamp and over on the Georgia coast. And it was my parents that got me into that whole lifestyle uh, when I was very young from when I was just little on. And uh, that was really what instilled in me uh, a love of the outdoors and care of all the living things that are out there. Even though I was a hunter, hunting was is really something that, that instilled in me a connection to Mother Nature and also to care about it. So, uh, yeah, hunting sometimes gets a, a bad rap, but um, proof that it leads to really good things. And almost all the people that I grew up with hunting were people that really cared about Mother Nature. And some people's inspiration for coastal science and conservation is much more straightforward. My name's Chris Fort. I work at the Wells Reserve in Maine. 
and I got into coastal science because I love beaches and I wanted to protect them. Sometimes the pathway to coastal science is really unexpected. Hi, my name is Caitlin Dietz, and I am with the Guanatalamato Matanzas National Estuarine Research Reserve in Northeast Florida. So actually started in the middle school time frame, and my family had done the camping thing, and we had gone to the beaches, but sometime in middle school, after I had a really great seventh grade science teacher who turned science into art and really captured me that way, I actually got a magazine, the Seventeen magazine, and... And And there was a quiz in there that was a so you want to be a marine biologist quiz. And the picture had like a dolphin trainer on it. That is probably the most unique one I've heard this whole time. Seventeen magazine is responsible for me being a biologist. Inspiration in the randomest places. I love it. And I took the quiz and I said, yep, this is exactly what I'm going to do with my life. And I kept that quiz with me like all the way through undergrad and graduate school. Thank you for And you thought we were just going to end on some touchy feely stuff. Nope. Joke time. So Corinne, fun fact, before I worked in coastal science, I operated a specialized forklift. What's a forklift? Usually food. Well, you know, I always thought I could get a job on a farm, you know, working for Old McDonald. Oh, really? What job would you want? Well, obviously, I'd be the (laughs) C-I-E-I-O. Thank you for listening to Sapelo Nerds, a coastal science podcast brought to you by the Sapelo Island National Estuarine Research Reserve. Please check back for more episodes released each month. And we really need reviews. So, you know, leave us a couple of, of good ones. Really good ones. (laughs) And that's the Savalo Sound.